Yeah. Thanks. This is episode 87 of Seti Bimco. <laughs> and this is episode 37 of Seti Bimco Part 2 The Revenge. And later, we're going to talk about the Christmas classic, 1954's White Christmas. And uh, later, yeah, later we're going to talk about that. And we're also going to answer the age-old question, George. Ooh, oh, yeah, yeah. Did the elves get, ever get revenge on Santa for uh, making them pay for their own mental health insurance? Because, you know, those elves, they were known to be a little down. They were short on cash, too. <laughs> they had diminutive no, returns on their bank it. account. Stop it now. Awful. <laughs> diminutive returns. It's Seti Bimco Part 2, The Revenge. The show where we create revenge sequels that nobody wanted. Seti Bimco Part 2, The Revenge, where we make up revenge sequels to uh, movies that didn't need them. And we also, when we watch a movie, we ask ourselves later, what yeah. character from this movie would be most likely to? And I pull a wild card question. What jar. is the number? What is it? Number 27. Who from this movie that we're going to watch, White Christmas, would be uh-huh. most likely to? Uh, who would be most likely to dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? Oh! Wow. That's a that's that's the first one we've like had in a while that wasn't Sasquatch like a related. direct Sasquatch related to most likely to dance. It's Batman with related. The devil. That's right. It is. Jack Nicholson is in this movie, I guess. Did he improv that line? Uh, I think I've heard that. Don't quote me on it. If kids, if you're writing a report about legendary movie night lines from 1989's Batman, don't use this as a source, but I think he did quote that. Okay. But you know what? That doesn't make sense. I mean, he did coin that, but that doesn't make sense because that ends up being an important part, right? That's how Bruce Wayne figures out Jack Napier killed his kid, his kids. Whoa. That got dark. His parents. Killed everybody. Yeah, he figured yeah, it out. He was a fucking nihilist, that Joker. I don't know if you know that about that guy. <laughs> um, so I, I want to start talking. Yeah, because well, let's let's just say I was super sick last week, so George yeah. will do a lot of talking. And are you going to tell them what I would tell them? Yeah, well, this is the all congested episode of Seti Bim Code. Tim's voice is just coming back. Um, my nose is super congested. Mm. It was a big week. I think if I recall correctly, cause I was basically essentially in a week long bender. So I don't remember. Um, I turned 50 recently. Ooh. I'm old now. Yeah. I don't think I, I did talk about it cause I was being vague about how old I was. Cause I, for some reason thought people could use it against me, but you know what? I'm 50. You can't stop me. I'm 50. That's, that's, a, and, that's, that's weird, George. That's how old basically Bing Crosby is in this movie. He's 51. <laughs> is he really? Yes. Oh, Interesting. Because in this movie, he's like, yeah, I'll get married someday, have a bunch of kids. And I'm like, you're, you're 51. But anyway. You can do that. Yeah, why not? That's you a can. perfect time to do it. But back I'm then, they died at like 65. Well, I'm <laughs> going to go for the Tony Randall method. Tony Randall, previous mentionee on this very fine podcast. Well, that's right. That guy threw a baby in the lady when he was like 80. Like, <laughs> that's did. the way to do it. <laughs> you pass on your genetic material so your genes continue in the grand march of life. But you're like, once shit gets real, like teenage years, yeah. you're gone. You're He's like, yep. Gone. <laughs> have fun young wife um so yeah this was a big uh this is a big week i think last podcast i just returned from a surprise trip to new orleans where i kind of partied for four or five days yeah. we recorded this podcast and the next day my wonderful partner 
she arranged a surprise party for all my friends. Mm-hmm. And people travel from out of town to be there. Like our friend Foofy often mentioned on this podcast, that dude showed up secret. Yep. And like, like a Chris, party. who doesn't listen to this podcast, <laughs> that dude showed up. You know who didn't show up? Guess. Me. Motherfucking Tim. But you know what? I was super sick. You don't That's want what he it. Says. Because my no. wife caught it. Because I was oh, like, no. it, it's a sore throat. Maybe they can't catch it. My wife's like, well, you can just come and say hey and leave. I'm like, well, it could be contagious. And like, now, yeah, now she's George's. got it. She's well, the good it. news is, is that your wife was there. So if she was contagious, we all she have it. She came for me. Yes. I got to say something about the, the illustrious Miss Lee, the producer, your wife. Mm-hmm. Um, we have previously mocked your terribleness at Irish Goodbying <laughs> in the past on this podcast. And Irish Goodbye, if you're not familiar with this euphemism, folks, is when you're at a party and you just kind of dip out. Mm-hmm. You get out while the getting's good. You don't go around hugging everybody, giving them like Tim's throat germs. You just you wait until nobody's looking directly at you and you disappear. Mm-hmm. Previous episode, we detailed Tim and Miss Lee's spectacular failure at doing this at our friend Chris's wife's 40th birthday. Um, turns out when she's not encumbered by Sad Sack Tim, Miss <laughs> Lee is like a stealth ninja. She just she bamfed out of there like Nightcrawler from the X-Men. Nobody yeah. even knew. Yeah. That's the first thing she said sent, when she came home was I, I was sent to me a mocking text. She was like, ha, ah, hope. Hope you realize you're closer to death now, you fuck. And I was like, wow, Miss Lee has some real animosity built up. She shook me and woke me out of my coma and said, I, I wish goodbye then. I coughed on her face and somehow she got sick. I don't know. <laughs> so, well, do you think there's a connection there? So Jeez. yeah, so all my I, friends were there, but not Tim. So Tim. I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. Yeah, you're not my friend anymore. You wouldn't want to catch this though. So oh, I've, well, I'm sorry I mean, to miss you it. You can hear me now. I got something. It's living in my oh, nose. Folks, is, if you've never seen a photo of me. I have a big nose. So when something gets in my nose, it could last there for quite a while. My throat hurts so bad. I, I drank orange juice. My ears hurt. Did you ever have a sore throat like that? I have, actually. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. That's weird. The last you time know what I that had is. that was when I went to the movies to see Return of the Jedi. And I had to get. And like you were a, drinking orange juice? I had to get a Sprite. They didn't have orange juice at oh. the movie theater. That's what I, that's what, that was my question. I'm like, that's an odd movie theater drink. I just needed ice. So Oof. That's how I saw the Ewoks. Everything was ruined that day. Well, I mean, it was Return of the Jedi, so. (laughs) Take that, George Lucas, and your beloved movie trilogy. (laughs) Ooh, so, yeah. So, yeah, Yeah. I'm I'm sorry. So my revenge story this week is the eventual revenge I will take on Tim. That's that's what I bring to I'm sorry. You guys wanted to catch that? Everybody there wanted to catch that? They would have been mad at me. I would say that there was at least three people there who probably wanted to catch it. (laughs) I'm not going to name names, but if you're listening, friends of mine, you know who you are. I guess so. (laughs) Yeah. There's always fun. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you could never get a group of people large enough to agree on everything. You go in a room full of like 30 people and you're like, all like, I think death is bad. One of them will be like, I like death. It doesn't matter. There's always going to be disagreements. I haven't, uh, I haven't caught up. I thought I'd do this while I was sick. I'm not going to yeah. watch any more Frasier because unless I find out there's a reason he doesn't go to Cheers, it's a big, it's still bugging me. At least right. once a season, he should get invited to I, Cheers by his friends, and it should be a big, you know, a bunch of catastrophes. He never gets there. At least this has become delightful because this is the third episode I think where you have mentioned Cheers, and in the first two episodes no. there was one with Kino Cabino and there was one with me. You preface it by saying. I'm not interested in Frasier, but 
but you keep bringing it up. Tim, your actions speak otherwise. I think you have a real fascination with this new Frasier. Just why? Why is he not going? I mean, I'll tell you why, because a lot of people don't know this, but you know how this is going to be dark. I'm sorry in advance, everybody. <laughs> Cliff, Cliff Clavin was a postal worker. They famously go postal. Oh, he okay. shot Norm at the bar. Hmm. Just shot him up. No, I think he was a busybody. I think he rode the subway one day and the subway broke down. He's like, I'll fix it. I know what to do. And he got ran over and lost his legs. And then he was one of those guys in the electric wheelchair. And Cheers, it's downstairs, remember? <gasps> yeah. And he's like, Sam, you got to make this accessible to me, to you know, wheelchair uh, handicapped people. And it was so expensive, he put Cheers out of business. Wow. We should get to the movie because my voice will give out, unless you have anything else to say. No, I actually, though, I did have a question about the movie right up front that you kind of answered already. My question was, is this movie actually a classic? Because the song certainly is, I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas. But I wasn't actually sure, because I read that this was actually a song before it was the movie. Oh, yeah. It was a song Bing Crosby was known for doing. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, is this movie a classic? Or was this song, was this movie like a cheap grab-in on it? But it seems like it is a classic. The song was already a classic that he sang before this movie, yes. Well, the song was, but I was wondering, was the movie as well? It's like If you're uh, 110 years old, this movie is a beloved classic. That's and the closest we've I ever want. gotten to the source of your age. <laughs> and I want to point out that I don't love this movie because I'm like, oh, I love Bing Crosby. It's just my wife, watched, my wife and I watch it every year, and it's become almost a surreal weirdness. We know every little mistake. We know every little line. <laughs> we kind of love, hate it, I guess you could say. And, and, and if you love it, love it. You know, that's fine with me, but it's it's a super white movie, super sappy story. Characters are like there's Cros- one character of color in it. He has one line. Yes, but the bartender uh, he goes yes, yes. He's he's a porter on the train, which at least they got that historical uh, fact correct. No, but, he's the bartender in the because uh, he the makes train. them cocktails. Yeah. yeah. Wait, are par- are porters bartenders? Have I well. Have I labored under this misapprehension all these years? That's a famous job that was uh, held by many black people in the 50s. They were porters and workers on the train. Mm, This movie not set in the 50s. Oh, no, it was. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Yeah, it's set. Uh, I'm glad you also addressed that up front because one of my last notes, and Tim, I took a lot of notes in this movie. uh, Because I have a lot of questions. I thought you were just going to hate it. I wrote, this movie is so unbearably wholesome that the fact Tim chose this makes me feel highly uncomfortable. And I spent a lot of time, and I did have a discussion with my partner. I'm like, so Tim watches this movie every year. And she's like, is it really bad? I'm like, no, it's just kind of old-fashioned and like a lot of song and dance. And I, I, don't, I don't know what to make of this. I feel like Tim really put himself out there in a way. There's a weird vulnerability. People watch this, and I think you'll know the dark, soft underbelly of Tim after this. <laughs> well, I like some of the dance numbers and the choreography. Can I tell you something that's going to piss you off? What? I fast-forwarded a lot of them dance numbers. Oh, they're so great. Yeah. Mr. Fossey. Mr. Fossey, uncredited choreographer. Really? Yeah. Was he the guy with the big teeth that had all the dance numbers instead of Danny Kaye and Bing Crosby? No. He was the guy that went on to be on West Side Story. Uh, and he also yeah. did Chicago. I know that, but I was just wondering. I've known what he looks like. Good men's way. You didn't see right. her, you didn't see Vera do that tap dance with her foot. I did. All right. That's why that's why I fast forwarded because it kept going on. This is the first 
film that was filmed in this, this division, division, which I hope you could tell me what that is. Well, it was when they wanted because the fifties, the TV was distracting people, and they wanted people to come back to the theater. So they made uh-huh. giant screens and said, "Come, come see our giant screens." It's, it's it's humongous, not like your little shitty TV. Oh, it's like IMAX before IMAX. Yeah. Yep. Oh, the was it filmed map. at a high with a different ratio than a normal film? I don't really know. I notice. think so. Didn't, hmm. If you watch it on hmm. your big screen TV, did you watch it on your phone? I, no, come on. I watched it on my on my desktop. Oh, okay, okay. See, I got to be all. I'm I'm cool, jazz Tim. I'm just like, cool if I get upset with Tim. George, I'm gonna call. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my voice for two days. Those, uh, that's why Ms. Lee was posting on social media, like, this is the happiest two days of my life. I get Probably. it. <laughs> and she lost her voice. Well, you know, so, Time Magazine described the film as a big fat yam of a picture. So mm-hmm. when it came out. Big fat yam that. of a picture. I don't, I don't know what that means, but okay. <laughs> In the 50s, yams were uh I know what things. they are. They were filled with oh, a wait. hard seed. People bit into yams and broke their teeth. So it was like, wait, was that really considered a bad thing to be a big fat yam of a picture? Yeah, so it was a big fat yam of a picture, richly candied with this division, uh, tunes by Irving Berlin, massive production numbers, uh, big stars. Unfortunately, a yam is still a yam. Yeah, back then yams had big seeds in them. People bust their teeth on. Oh, that's interesting. (laughs) Okay, good. All right, this is uh, Tim's Yam Corner. So, oh my God, Tim! Your new podcast, yammering about yams. What do you say? <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. I'll be your first guest. <laughs> so, should I? Since you have like little to no voice, I will try to. <clears throat> even though this is your movie, and we traditionally have the person who picks the movie be the narrator, I'll try to jump in with as much as I can. Well, we don't need but to I do will every confess, scene if you can. Compress. No, you, we couldn't because it's madness. But I'll give you the. I'll give you the. No, it's not. It madness. opens it's up. So stupid. The story <laughs> is stupid. It opens up. We are somewhere in the. Uh, we don't. They don't actually say if it's. We don't know where in Europe we are, mm, but it's yeah. during World War II. It's 1944, Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. and there we're at the front lines somewhere. A, a, we're with a division. I think it's the 51st, mm-hmm. which is just about to move out the next day, and uh, a new general's coming to take over to relieve the old general. General. The new Waver- general's name is General yeah. General Waverly. Is the old general. Old general. The, He's the good general. Yeah. And the new general, I didn't catch his name. Let's call him General Stick Up His Ass. Yes. And he hates Christmas. Who's responsible for holding a show in this advanced area? Well, sir, as a matter of fact. Uh, it was me, sir. <clears throat> me, sir. It was my idea, sir. Uh, I mean, when you, you've got an entertainer, sir, of the caliber of Captain Wallace, sir. Uh, I mean, sir, it's, it's Christmas Eve, sir. And he hates Christmas. He hates well, singing. Sir, and that's, wouldn't you know it? That's what these guys are doing. That's what they love to uh, do. Bing Crosby, you know, blah, 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 guy, he plays Captain Wallace. Yep, Bob Wallace is his name. Bob Wallace. Because Bing Crosby is probably the the like 1950s equivalent of Dwayne the Rock Johnson, where he has an insatiable ego. Yes. You better believe Captain Wallace is not only just a captain, he's also already famous. Yep, he's already a singer. He's already a famous singer. He's playing basically Bing Crosby. Yep. And a, a plucky young private named uh, Philip Davis, played by Danny, Danny Brooklyn's own Danny Kay, yeah. uh, has has gotten 
the two of them have put on a show of like just guys singing and dancing to entertain these men right before they all get shot up by Jerry on the front lines. You younger viewers will know Danny Kay as the dentist on the Bing Crosby show. I mean, uh, man, the Bill, Bill Cosby show. Bill Cosby. Uh, it, I like that you made a <laughs> reference to a TV show from 1985 and said you younger Young. viewers. They that will. says something about our audience. They watch that. But actually, you know, it's funny. that is probably the first thing I ever saw him on. Um, there is an important thing that comes up here that I want to address. Okay. The bad general, General Stick Up His Ass, through some trickery, is sent away so the men can have their show. Yes. But General Waverly, he wafts into the crowd. He goes, Tate on! And all the men fall into line. And he calls out the private. And he's like, what is this? And he goes, yes, sir. Uh, we're putting on a show because we have a, a, a an artist of the caliber of Captain Wallace. It would be a shame. Yeah. People would pay in, in New York, you right. would pay six sixty, six sixty, or even eight eighty to see that uh, hear a great singer like Captain Wallace, sir. I'm well aware of Captain Wallace's capabilities. Who are you? So how much yep. is that uh, today? Well, Tim, I want you to create a new theme song for this because uh, this particular episode, folks, I'm letting you know, there's gonna be a lot of this. And I came up with a name for this. This is kind of my shtick. What's the name on the show? It's uh, a George's current Kerner, what do you think? <laughs> We're in when we watch these old movies. I because that means nothing to us. Six sixty, eight eighty. Those are just numbers. That doesn't mean anything to me. No, a boy, a man living in the twenty first century. Well, <laughs> six sixty, six dollars and sixty cents. I made the assumption, although yes. he does not make that clear. He doesn't. Would translate from that's 1944 translates in American dollars now to one hundred twelve dollars and fifty eight cents. Ooh, wow! Eight eighty. If you're ready for this, that translates into I can't read my own handwriting. Uh, oh, one hundred fifty dollars and ten cents. Wow, that's like uh, now. I also just in case you were wondering, in case he was talking about six hundred sixty dollars back in the day. In that case, it would be one hundred no one thousand one hundred twenty five dollars and eighty cents. That seems less likely. Yeah, Oof. yeah, that's yep. well. So that has been this installment thus far. Yeah, uh, there's a lot. Tim, there's actually a lot of surprising money things in this movie. I know that has been your installment of uh, George's current currency, Kerner. So then the war they they give their they do their show for General Waverly. And then suddenly then the bombed. Germans attack. They get bombed. Uh, everyone's running. It's it's kind of it, – upon seeing this, the general stick of his ass was absolutely right. Like if they were that close. Yeah. They really shouldn't have been doing this. They shouldn't have it, been. There's explosives going everywhere. A big wall falls down. Danny Kay, who turns out is actually kind of a tall guy. I never knew that. Mm-hmm. Picks up Bing Crosby like a little tiny baby and carries him to safety, saving his life. Yep. He gets wounded in the arm. Do you think they were stunned doubles we, though? No, I think that was, I mean, actually, that's a good question. I'm going to say no, because I think Hollywood was a dangerous place back then. Yes. This is all, by the way, this is all in enormous sound stages, like this Everything, except the train station later. Oh, yeah. Everything's a sound stage. Everything. Everything. But big, big sound stages. Like, this is, I mean, as as you might say as a film reviewer, this was a big old yam. Yes. Uh, So then Bing Crosby visits uh, Danny Kaye in the hospital where he's got a bandage on his arm. And Danny Kaye's like, uh, hey, uh, I wrote a song. And Bing Crosby's clearly like, I don't want to see your dirty song, you dirty private. 
and he like but somehow uh, yeah it's 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 kind of a weird scene because like the whole time he's like oh, i don't really want to look at it. Eh, eh, eh. and then smash cut to 10 years later and well no he holds as, his arm he's like well gee i saved your life and he hurt his arm that we should say yeah Danny yeah Kay. which is something this is kind of a danny k it's it's kind of like he almost has like a wookie life debt the way you know <laughs> yes. chewbacca save han solo but it's also funny because you have the one guy captain wallace bing crosby super famous yeah. uh danny k they never actually say it. he's a professional panty sniffer as it opens which doesn't <laughs> no. pay well so no, but doesn't. he writes this song it becomes a big hit the song was called the, panty sniffer it was saying? called uh, Pretty Panty Sniffers, Pretty okay. Panty Sniffers Ahoy. <laughs> kind of edgy shit for this white Christmas it was. movie. Yeah. Um, and then the two of them become a giant hit. Yep, together. Doing these Wallace and songs. Davis. Not, yeah. yeah, and like I do want to address this sort of entertainment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it seems like like the hottest thing in show business, if this movie is to be believed in 1954, <laughs> is just two guys doing some very rudimentary soft shoe mm-hmm. while singing songs. And holding a cane. Or perhaps holding canes, <laughs> perhaps lip syncing. Yes. As they, is, they must we'll have left out their later. jokes. Yeah, it's just it's pretty bad. And you can see why. Oh, I see why in like the inner cities, like music forums like jazz and things were happening, because what was happening in mainstream America was pretty, uh, (laughs) pretty, pretty weak, pretty weak sauce. But I do want to point out Davis is trying to introduce Bing Crosby's character to, to women to get him married, because for some reason he can't get a moment's peace. I don't quite because it's uh, a weak plot point, but yeah, it's like, come on, it's it's 10 years later. Yeah. They're on they're on tour in Florida. Yes. Um, which I'm like, what? I I wrote down a note. There's shows in Florida. And <laughs> basically, uh Bing Crosby is such a cruel taskmaster, such a workaholic mm-hmm. that uh Danny Kay never gets time off, even though Danny Kay was nothing but a professional panty sniffer before. And Danny Kay's big plot is to get him married. Yep. Not not Danny Kay. He wants to get Bing Crosby Bing married. Crosby. So Bing Crosby will have, I think, nine kids. He will spend five minutes a week with each mm-hmm. child, which will give Danny Kay 45 minutes off. Yes. And Tim, this, is, this is the 19... 19- wait, wait, oh, Tim. Wait, you Tim, have some hold on. calculations. This, this is a Georgia's currency, current currency quarter. <laughs> Georgia's current currency quarter. 45 minutes mm-hmm. back in, uh, in 1954. How long is that? It's still I mean, 45 today, minutes it's now. Still it's still 45 minutes. Yeah. All right. That was your next installment <laughs> of Georgia's currency. Wow. Current currency, Kerner. Yeah, this is good. Good, good stuff. But this is the 50s, which this movie always confused me because 50 is very conservative. If you're 51 and you're, you're, you're a two-man act and you're both single and you're, you're like 50, people are going to think you're like a communist homosexual. Uh, and they, uh, we should mention they're both single. Yeah. And actually in my... In my head canon, I just assumed that they were I, – I thought it was going to be – before they introduced this plot point because we see them interacting in the military mm-hmm. and they, there's even a line about – say one of them makes a line about being gay but like in the happy sense, which I'm like, right. oh, that's funny. So I kind of was like, I think this movie is not going to address the idea of women and it's just going to be like one of those wink, wink, don't ask, don't tells. But no, no, not back then. No. Well, not directly, but you know, there'd be movies. They'd be like, oh, this person's a confirmed bachelor. It's, and now but, we're like, I know what that means. But he's 51. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'll meet some ladies and have a bunch of kids eventually. So I think he's lying. I think he had 
some secret reasons why he was single. And George, in case my voice gives out, I got my list right oh. here up front. Oh, the first <laughs> list. Is it only one list today? It's only one list. Oh, you're slipping, Tim. And ladies and gentlemen, I was sick. I was sick. So this is a list of reasons why Bob really didn't want to get married because he was 51. He was a bachelor. Who's Bob? Is his name Bob? Yeah, Bob Wallace. Oh, I didn't catch that. Okay. So I've been sick and I hired a 109-year-old retired vaudevillian comedian, <laughs> Tex R. McGillicuddy, to write my jokes for me today. Oh, wow. This is... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm just gonna I'm gonna what? bet a hundred dollars no one notices the difference in quality, but go on. <laughs> he lost his voice in nineteen twenty, so he can't read him himself. He had the he had the whooping cough. And he got run over by a trolley car and, and oh, shit. lost his legs. Oh man. Rough so, day anyway, for McGillicuddy. Here's the reasons he, he actually said why he didn't get married that got cut out of the film. He said, uh, if I get married, you know she'll expect hugs and kisses every morning. What's wrong with that? I'm not hugging and kissing anyone until I've had my toast and coffee and I've made my way across town to the brothel. <laughs> okay, Bing Crosby. All right. And his other reason. <laughs> yeah. I've gone steady before and I always have to hold the ladies' hands constantly. Oh, I don't think that's true. Oh, it is. If I let go, they run away. Ah! <laughs> McGillicuddy, you still got it. <laughs> <He's drunk. laughs> I paid good money for these jokes. <laughs> I took a date to a speakeasy one time. Uh, we we would have had a good time if I hadn't hurt myself carrying her home. Oh, what? She had too much to drink? No, she lost her wheelchair playing poker. You know, she had no legs due to getting run over by a trolley in 1920. Wait, was this McGillicuddy himself? I'm confused. No. Wait. They were together when the trolley accident happened? In 1920s, people got run over by trolleys all the time, George. They oh, losing oh, legs this, and arms yeah. left and right. All right. I took a lady camping once, and she started a forest fire. Uh, she was careless with her matches? Well, that, and she had a wooden leg. You know, she lost a, one leg in a trolley accident in 1921. <laughs> <laughs> wow, there, Tim. I paid for those jokes. How much did you pay for McGillicuddy for those jokes? Uh, I paid him 1920 prices, so, you know, like $10 oh, just okay. for gag. Okay, well. I tried to get producer Miss Lee to write some gags, but she just wrote a bunch of gags about how uh, Bing Crosby could only say vagina instead of vagina, and he freaked out all the ladies that he met. <laughs> he had a speech <laughs> <Why>? impediment. <laughs> Wait, does he? No, that's, that was her Oh, because the bo 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 Is he just stuttering and he's just trying to say vagina all the time? Yeah, that's how he says it. Oh, wow. And ladies are like, I mean, well, what are you saying? bo 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 China. <laughs> all right, show's over. We figured it, it out. Seti, Seti Bimco's canceled. We mentioned the plot point. Danny Kay trying to get Bing Crosby married. He tries to uh, hook her up, hook him up with some showgirls. Please. Um, one of them is like a proto Harley Quinn. Yes. Mutual, I'm she, sure, her, she says all the mutual, time. Mutual, I'm sure. I, I, Tim, I'm going to tell you, I thought that lady was hot. <laughs> yeah, she was pretty. Like, I mean, no, like not like a weird 1950s pretty. Like she, I'm like, wow. Like normally I see a 1950s lady. Like a picture is the doddering old grandma she was probably lucky to become. Mm -hmm. This lady was kind of spicy. I looked her up. She Bing on. Crosby pecked, yeah, picked her out of obscurity, and she was like a frequent dance partner of his. Mm, I didn't read that part. Yeah, she actually had quite a career, and she was pretty funny. Um, however, uh -oh. I think we're supposed to think she's kind of a dummy. Yeah. And that's when Danny Kay 
No, actually, it's not Danny Kaye. Danny Kaye's trying to get him with her. They were trying to do a double date. Yes. And Bing Crosby goes like, girls like that are a dime a dozen. Mm-hmm. You know what that means, Tim? Uh-oh. It's time for another installment <laughs> of George's Current Currency Kerner. <laughs> George's Current Currency Kerner. All right, so a dime back in 1954, that's now worth, has the same purchasing power as a dollar ten now. Ooh. So that's interesting, but then you have to, of course, divide that number by 12 because they're worth dime a dozen. Yes. So it turns out that you could basically purchase a showgirl in the day, like, or in Bing Crosby's estimation, a showgirl is worth approximately nine cents. Wow. It's pretty rough. Cents? That's rough. Nine cents. Yeah, that's, that's with inflation. I mean, geez, I'd, back then you were like a hay penny and a hay. I'd gladly just pay the, the whole dime. I mean, Tim, we do call you a big spender. Yes. Well, here, here comes old Spendthrift Hamilton. So, so question, this part, because I was too busy doing George's current currency, Kerner theme yeah. song, uh, like playing right here. Um, I actually don't remember how we were truly introduced to the female lead. Oh, I do remember. Because they, they, they were receive the, a letter. They were in the army with. The dog boy, they called him. He was ugly. Yeah. So they're freckle like, faced dog boy. Did gotta... you catch who he was? Oh, yeah. It's Alfalfa. Okay. We see his picture. I was excited. <laughs> we see his photo. It's Alfalfa from the Little Rascals. Uh, of Little Rascals and Guy Who Opens the Pool in It's a Wonderful Life fame. Man who uh, died because he wanted his reward for returning a man's dog or something. Yeah, got beat up in a bar fight or something. A character who he's come up surprisingly not in the Seti Bimco. Yeah. Uh, so he. They receive a letter from their pal, Dogface Boy, Freckleface, whatever his thing is, Haynes. Benny Haynes. Freckleface, Freck, Benny Haynes, and yeah, who is Alfalfa, uh, asking him to go check out a show his two sisters do. And they're like, ugh, guy as ugly as Benny Haynes. Mm-hmm. What business does he have having sisters? Which seems very mean. <laughs> it does. Especially since well, I should mention Alfalfa does not appear in the movie except for his no, photo. Just his photo. I don't think he had any, I think they didn't even pay him. Oh, I think they're probably. like, who's the ugliest person we think of? Alfalfa. <sighs> wow. They showed that picture, and he was he was in a bar looking for lost dogs to return. He's like, I get no respect. I think he died the next year. That's like sad. Wait, really? It was the fifties when he died. I forget what year. Oh, maybe. Do you think this is what killed him? Maybe. You think they made up that story because they feel bad that Bing Crosby crushed his soul? I'll look it up. Uh, tell everybody next week. All right. Nice. <laughs> it's not going to look uh, it up now. And so. Uh, his two sisters, I wrote down their names. We find out that the one sister faked this letter. Yeah, Judy. Her brother's out of the country. Did you catch where he is out of the country? Did you catch that? Alaska. He was in the country. He was in Alaska. That's part no, of the country. No, Alaska wasn't a state yet. That's how old this <gasps> movie is. What? I thought Alaska was 1941. Nope. Wow, 1958. Yeah. 59, actually. Yeah, so, yeah. I wouldn't lie. So he was out of the country. So the two sisters, um, Judy, who was the one that actually pretended to be her brother writing the letter, she has brown eyes, which is important. They're both blondes, but she has brown eyes. It's important because there's a scene where that happens. Uh, she's played by the uh, woman, the one named person, kind of, just a hyphen. Vera. Vera Ellen. Yes. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> the other one, Betty, who is, uh, I got some things to say about Betty. Rose. First, I'm like, yeah. Well, she's well, George yeah. Clooney's aunt. Aunt, yep, yep. Rosemary Clooney. What else? Kind of looks like George Clooney. Yeah. I was going to say I was trying to actually identify the character Betty. Oh, oh, oh. Because at first I thought she was cynical, but she's actually quite the opposite of cynical. 
I think she's a bit much. Yeah. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> I think it's a poor they, story. They, yeah, it is a bit. That's her reactions to things are outsized and nightmarish. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they do their act, which Tim, I'm going to ask you to like kind of sim up the act. Cause this is definitely one of those acts that about midway through. I fast forwarded what? and I'm glad cause we heard this song twice. Yeah. It's a great but song. Describe, describe their act. If you could, well, they just sing about being sisters, sisters. Yep. Should we play a little here? I guess I thought you. Oh, I don't know. This this is so famous. Sister, I might get never in trouble. would miss my sister. My sister's covered with blisters. It goes, it's just, and they're just kind of like doing this, like kind of stilted. They're both dressed in pink. It almost looks like they're doing like a Madonna Material Girl thing, but yeah. there's two of them, well, and the, they're just kind of doing these kind of little. The routines. song is important to the plot because they sing about how they do everything together, and no guy is going to break them up. Yep, which, yep. Uh, yeah, like... It's important. Foreshadowing. <laughs> foreshadowing. So, uh, oh, more money. About, Can we get to the money or what you want? Oh, you want yeah, to talk well, about... This, this, he, she, well, she meets... Okay, Mr. Well, they, they, they watch there. Oh, I mean, yeah, so... Um, Instantly get Danny a fight. Kay, Danny Kay is immediately smitten with Vera Ellen because he's like, look... They're both like, look at her. And Bing's like, look at her big blue eyes. And then, and Danny Kay's like, it's "What do you mean? Her eyes are brown." Right. So that's the thing. Rosemary Clooney has blue eyes. Mm-hmm. Vera Ellen has brown eyes. Oh, so I'm not going to Danny Kay. Uh, I mean, I, I won't come up again. This is for okay. people at home because I know we get letters all the time. People are like, "I enjoyed your recent review of Critters." However, you neglected to mention what color the brain damaged, perhaps alcoholic <laughs> uncle's eyes were. We enjoyed hearing about Rotor, but you pronounced <laughs> Lord. <laughs> Logers, I don't know name wrong. What was his name? Langdon. <laughs> Who is Langdon? The assistant. Do you to mean Howdley? Howdley. Howdley. Go like, back and listen to Road Tour. It's, he can't get it right once. It's a brain puzzle for me. Yeah, it's just. It's big, never gonna get it. But uh, yeah, and 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 Bing is like, buh, 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 buh. he's like, shut up! Don't talk about her vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Try and have a nice dinner. Well, okay, that's what that's what's important to know. Danny Kay seems to hit off immediately with Vera Ellen, although I still couldn't decide if they were like he seems to be in love with her. They have a cute little dance number up to the side. Mm-hmm. Uh Bing goes up and talks to Rosemary Clooney at the table, and she immediately accuses him of being a cynic. And the two of them are just like within seconds, just at each other's throats. Yeah. It's just like, uh, you terrible toxic couple. They have no business being together. So no. this movie is flawed. And and they then do- well, what? Go on. Oh, uh, uh, it's a great. You, did you fast forward the dance number out in the dock with Danny Kay? And no, that was actually pretty cool. Okay, she almost trips on his foot near the end. I hope you know I, that it's left this, in. No, no, this is uh, this is little things that this, we've seen over the years. This is the thing. How many times have you watched this movie, Tim? Many years. With Gene. like, you you just had, had did you first see it together in when it was in its first run in theaters in nineteen fifty four? Okay, so every year it's well. <laughs> Um, we threw uh, we threw our we threw our good and plenty at the screen. I swear. <laughs> upset. You're so angry, like you're. And then then that movie came on where it was just the train coming towards people, and you all you ran yes. out of the theater screaming. <laughs> <laughs> Confusing. All right, so now this part. More the money. The girls are about to go. The girls are about to go on again, and the stage manager comes out. Danny Kay's back there talking to Vera Ellen, so he's privy to all this stuff, mm-hmm. and they're like. We the sheriff's here. Mm-hmm. The land your landlord 
has a warrant out for your arrest because you burned a hole in the rug. Yeah. What were they doing? They say something about like one of the girls is like, he's going to hit us hard for $200. Mm-hmm. Doesn't say hit us hard. He said, they said a weird slang that I actually watched slang. twice and still couldn't get. It was like oldie slang, but it was something like 200 bucks. So Tim, do you want to know how much that? I was wondering. Hole in the rug. George's current currency curve. This is a thousand? insane. A thousand? No. No. In 1954, $200 is equivalent to, in nowadays money, $2,207. Oh, that was close. But Oof. what was this fucking rug? Oh, it must have been a nice rug. It must have been the unicorn tapestries from the cloisters yes. or something. It's just like, that's <laughs> insane. It was- uh, so they, 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 Danny Kay immediately, because he's in love mm-hmm. with Vera Ellen, yeah. he's like, all right, you guys climb out the window. Here's the tickets for the uh, the sleeper car that we have. Yep. Me and Bing Crosby to go to New York tonight. We were going to sleep those together. Two. Uh, we were going to sleep in the same bed. I was going to be a little spoon. He was going to be a big spoon, even though he's shorter than I am. And uh, we'll cover for you. Yep. And meanwhile, the 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 guy who's in charge of the club has been just feeding the sheriff. Did you notice that the sheriff was inexplicably German? Uh, yeah, I do remember he had an accent. It's weird. I was like, yeah, yeah. Just no, remember that too. This movie is full just of white, white people problems. Like, yeah, yeah. They didn't pay. They they burned your rug. I'll get to it after I drink all this coffee and all this food and the He's schnitzel. He's eating all this food for free. Yeah, schnitzel. He's like, ah, could you have more schnitzel? It was stein of log. Wait, no. He had, <laughs> he had a cigarette. He was eating his schnitzel slowly. He, put he was c- dropping the cigarette on the floor, burning holes in the rug yes. of the uh, club. I was like, what? Oh, why would you do that? <laughs> all right. So they, they do a drag act. In Florida, they, yeah, in Florida, it's not. A very I heard good that every t- no, it's terrible. So basically, uh, yeah, what, when he says they, the girls are gone. Mm-hmm. Um, Bing Crosby and Danny Kay, they put on some eye makeup, they wear some feather boas, they roll their pants up very high so we can see their sock garters, and uh, they perform the two the song of the Haynes sisters. Yep, they they put on but, the record. Yeah, what? That's the thing. The Haynes were fucking lip syncing. <laughs> This no. garbage entertainment she said, was them. Our albums. It's a recording. It's the same recording. She made a point exact of saying, same song. "Our albums. We need our albums." And he's like, "I'll take care of them." So they, they, they yeah, get, it is. It is no to where it is in drag. It is. It's drag. It's in Florida. You see in the background, there's a particularly ugly baby crying uproariously. Ron DeSantis. <laughs> yes, probably. <laughs> That's right. I saw him. Yeah, his first appearance. <laughs> At the end of the scene, they just drop him on the floor and kick him around like a lump of shit. <laughs> <laughs> they, um, they beat him with a Disney yeah. doll, and you know they be, his origin he, story. He's like, that's a, that's why he goes bad. They get on the train after. Well, they who's they, Tim? Everybody. Oh, yeah, everybody. Yeah, but we don't see the girls get in the train. No, Bob Wallace and Mr. Danny K. Davis. They get in the yep. train and they do a whole, uh-huh. whole routine. It's like, give me your tickets. Oh, I don't know where my tickets oh, are. Oh. They, oh, you're, you're supposed to have the tickets. Are they in your snood? No, they're not my snood. <laughs> Whatever that is, I don't know. <laughs> Do they really say snood? Yes. That's a Dr. Seuss thing, right? I think it's the thing you put over your head to sleep. I don't know. Hmm. It's a snood. Okay, interesting. Back in the 50s, you wore it. You think it was slang for nude because they I don't were going to they were going to fuck. So is it hidden in your b- 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 vagina? No. B- 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 <laughs> vagina. I'm glad we're doing this joke. I'm glad we're doing this joke. <laughs> This is good. This is this is gonna be one of those episodes when like someone's like, "Have you ever heard my podcast? Listen to the White Christmas one. I think you'll find us particularly charming." <laughs> All right, I'm just getting you to the next bit with your money. 
So they get the guys are on the train, mm-hmm. the train from Florida to New York City. They don't have the tickets because Danny K gave them to the girls. I won't really admit it to Bing Crosby yet. Nope. So Bing Crosby is like, all right, well, we got to pay to get on here. And the, and the conductor's like, there's only one, the only seats left. You have to sit up all night in the cabin car, like mm-hmm. where the food is. Yep. And like, okay, how much is that? For the two of them? Oh, Tim, did you start the uh, George's Current Currency Kerner theme song? George's Current Currency Kerner. For the two of them, their tickets to sit sit up in a, a, a food car all night long, because it's like a it's like a thirty six hour ride or something. Yes, back then. It is no, it still is. I looked it up. Oh. I did research, dude. Ninety seven dollars and twenty one cents is what they were, or twenty seven twenty five cents is what they had to pay. Guess how much this translate? That's for two tickets. Yeah. How much that is for now? <sighs> Must be five hundred bucks. Well, that's per person. Per person. Ninety-seven dollars is a thousand seventy-two dollars and eighty-eight cents, wow. which means per ticket to sit up in a cabin car, they were paying five hundred thirty-six dollars and forty-four cents. Wow. Now, did some research, Tim. Okay. More research. If you were to be a person who wanted to take a train from Florida to New York, it if you rode coach nowadays. Mm-hmm. It would cost you between a hundred and a hundred fifty dollars. So this is a very rare instance. Did it take him like of where the prices went way way down? Oh well, yeah. If you wanted to have like a little room, like a little room sleeper, they would go between six hundred eight hundred dollars, which is about what they paid to sit up at a food cabin. And if you wanted your own private bathroom with a shower. Ooh, a thousand bucks. And this has been your latest installment of George's Current Currency Kerner. Take a train. Love the train. <laughs> hey, should we mention our new sponsor, Amtrak? Yes. Oh. oh. Okay. Well, they spend the night in there. They meet the girls, and then Bing is like, Rrr. Oh, those girls were in our room. I'm going to go back there and give them a piece of my mind. And then the girls are behind them. Oh, thank you so much, Mr. Crosby. Gave our and money. He's like, uh, want to have a drink? Yes. Uh, we we have the uh the, only appearance. Hmm? Well, oh. we have the appearance of the only line of the only person of color. Can we get four drinks? Yes. Yes. Yep, that was it. They make a diorama of a snow covered hill like adults do when they drink. Maybe I think I you maybe sped past well, this they, part. They yeah. sing the songs. They were snow. singing, yeah. I do it's remember seeing song. that. There was like it was like yeah, it was garbage. garbage snow, 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 <laughs> snow. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, and I just fast forward. But yeah, there was like a pile of white shit on the table with like green things stuck in. I'm like, are they doing enormous amounts of blow? Yes. No, 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 no. But they go actually to Vermont. They don't, they skip New York. They go to Vermont because the girls have a show at an inn in Vermont. Mm-hmm. That's the end of our plot points. I forget, Tim, at this point, Danny Kay is definitely grooving on Vera Allen. Hmm. Vera Allen. He, he, it's unclear. He is, he is and he is. It, it seems like he is at first. Like they seem very smitten, but then later, well, later he's something like, happens, which is very disturbing. Uh, oh, uh, oh, I don't know about like, getting married. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm, no, he's even afraid to kiss her. <laughs> I know. So I don't know what's it's going on. Very it's very, it's very odd. It's very, very weird. Is Bing into Rosemary Clooney again at this point? Um, yeah, slowly, yes. Slowly. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't really understand why they went there because you have the one guy who seems pathologically afraid of girls, and then you have the other guy who seems to like 
really well, hate Rosemary Clooney. Why would you go along? They go to, yeah, they go to Vermont because, uh, the, yeah, it's it's very weak. I think Bob's like, yeah, what the hell? Maybe I'll see a vagina. I don't know. That joke is nothing. It's not even a funny joke. You gotta do it. You gotta you gotta do it more big. That's the thing. Or how about That's more obvious. Uh, so they go to an inn. The whole time they are singing about how it's a winter wonderland. They, it's a recurring line. Oh, there's so much snow up there. It's this. It's America's snowy winter wonderland. Yes. And they pull into the train, and it like looks like they filmed it in Florida. It's wah, wah. And yeah, and like one of them, I think, is Danny Kay. Goes, "Where's the beach? Ah, ah." <laughs> yeah, Danny gonna, Kay, you're incorrigible. Got to get a suntan here. <laughs> <laughs> no snow. There's no snow because it's hot. So they go to the Columbia Inn, which is where the girls are been booked for a week of shows. And I have to mention this: the inn is run by Emma Allen. She's the innkeeper. She's a famous actress. She's in so oh, many movies. She? She's in Abbott Costello movies. She's been on TV. She was she's like a favorite, a famous character actor. And her character's name is Emma too. No, no, yeah, she's Emma Allen. I'm not giving her real name because I forgot to do the research about her real name. Oh, oh! So the character playing Emma is a famous person. The actor I can go back Emma, up and but... look at all the names. I wrote her name down. Her name is Mary Wicks. Yeah, let's just call her Emma. Yeah, Emma. That's important. That's yeah, important. So they get into the inn, and Emma's at the front desk, and she's like, "Oh, honey, I'm sorry. Nobody's I'm sorry coming. you two came here. There's nobody's coming because there's no snow, and everybody stays at home." We'll pay you a half price kill fee. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, but like, you know, they're like, well, we'll go to New York. And then in walks carrying a bunch of firewood, none other than General Waverly. Yep. And they all do their, their funny thing where they salute him and drop everything. Yep. And Danny Kay's like, General Waverly, a janitor. <laughs> and, he go, and Waverly <laughs> goes, it's worse than that. I own the place. I own this shit can. I own this shit can, and he yeah, he starts <laughs> punching everybody. <laughs> and he's got a granddaughter. That doesn't happen. Uh, who has not yeah, much I to spent, do with the plot at all, but he's got a granddaughter. No, I and Tim, they spent a long time identifying her as a granddaughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no evidence of a son or daughter or even a wife. I thought she was his child bride. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> And there's a scene later when he comes down the stairs and she looks at him with such yeah. like love in her eyes. I'm like, oh, I don't like this. I'm uncomfortable. And I do have to point out Emma Allen, the, the innkeeper, she, her whole stick is she's a busybody. She listens to every phone call and she reads everybody's yep. mail. Yep. She's, a, she's what, and, and this is, she's this is shown as a good thing. Yes. Today, this is wrong. <laughs> but back then. It's actually her win. <laughs> she saves the day at some points doing this. When she ruins um, everything too. Yeah, it's true. But then everything gets, guys, spoilers, happy ending. <laughs> so they, they realize after talking to the former General Waverly, he put all of his pension, all of his savings, he sold his left leg, all this stuff into building this thing. And he's about to go under yep. because there's no snow and nobody's coming. Yep. So they realize they got to do something crazy. They got to. Bing Crosby, he's like, I have a crazy idea. Boo, 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 boobs. <laughs> and he runs off to the phone and he makes a call to his manager in New York. And he's like, all the guys on our show, because they have a big traveling show, like all the dancers, all the musicians, oh, oh. the guy, the guy who like treats my herpes sores, all that <laughs> stuff. Send them on a train. Everybody could get back. They get bonuses. We're bringing them here. We're going to make this 
an off-season show. We're going to bring in enough people to save General Waverly's Columbia Inn. It's not. It's not his manager. It's Ed Harrison, who is basically uh, Ed Sullivan. That's later, Tim. Okay. I it's the you. manager first. Ed does, Harrison has the TV show. You're how many times? Does have it you matter? Seen this? Does it matter yes. for this plot? <laughs> yes, it does. Because he asked the manager how much it costs, and so we don't see. We just see him react. And Danny Kaye's like, like Ooh, how much? How much was it? How much? And he says, between ouch and boing. boing. So <laughs> Danny Kaye goes, it's time wow. for another. In- <laughs> it's time for another installment. <laughs> oh. Of George's current currency. How much is Ouch and Boing today? George's current currency current. So yeah, so in 1954, Ouch, (laughs) and nowadays it stands for Oh, I have a burning itching sensation (laughs) in my groins. Okay, Boing is Grand Slam Boner Jam. Okay, really? And Wow is you're so attractive. This has been another installment of George's current currency kerner. I think the final one for this episode. No, it's not. I spoke too soon. Yeah, there's some more money going on later. Yep, there's more money. So they they pra- right. they're basically <clears throat> practicing putting on a show. And because certain people couldn't make it, you know, probably the Jewish people, uh, they fill in the missing bits of the cast with because <laughs> this is why Christmas. And if you don't fall in line no. with Christmas, oh, 1950, um, no, yeah. They don't even know what Jews are back then. Um, the girls, being the Rain sisters, are going to yes. fill in certain key parts. Yeah. Yep. They do a they do a minstrel show, thankfully with no blackface. The horror. Yes, the horror. Those faces <laughs> on the tambourines. <laughs> they do a couple of cute things in this movie where, like, is an excuse to have musical numbers. Yes. They'll just like, you actually see like a theater placard and goes rehearsal at 12 mm-hmm. for the minstrel show. So you see that first and like my mouth is hanging open. I'm gripping my notebook and <laughs> nervous. I'm like, what am I going to see no. here? What on earth? Like this movie's called white Christmas. I was already really scared about the racial <laughs> overtones. I'm like, what is Tim making me watch? They don't thankfully, they just wear like top hats. Well, Tex, Text R. McGillicuddy. He wrote that joke, remember, that they did in the song, which was how to stop a dog from biting you on Monday. How do you do? Did oh, you yeah. fast forward or did you? No, I, I is you, you give him away on Sunday? The answer is to kill it on Sunday. Hilarious. I, thought he, I think he says give it away. Oh, I thought he said kill it. Oh, wait. Sunday. Which version did you watch, Tim? <laughs> I, <laughs> was Asmodeus in this one? <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> he wasn't in mine. Oh, okay. <laughs> Call back to previous Sadie Bimco episode Equinox. It's a good one. Uh, so they they so uh, Judy wants Betty to meet Bing more and like fall in love, and she, and they're they're going to bed at night. She's like, go to the kitchen and eat something. You'll be able to sleep. Go eat something. Go drink some buttermilk. All this gross stuff. And she's like, okay, I'll go. And uh, she goes, and Bing Bing is there practicing, and she's hungry, and he's got sandwiches, and he explains. All the dr- different dreams you can have with the different types of sandwiches. Did you like? Yeah, did you like that down, part? Yeah. Well, uh, he said she's like because they're, they're it's their flirting. It's actually kind of a cute scene. He's like um, they're sitting there. He and he, she's like, well, what do you eat when you want to dream about a certain type of girl? Uh, this is Rosemary Clooney to Bing Crosby. Mm-hmm. He goes, well, when I have a ham and cheese, I dream of a tall blonde. And when I have a turkey, this part I didn't get what this means, but it sounds filthy. A brunette, but a real scat back. Sexy, sexy. 
Was that what really what he said? Or you made he, are I, you I, yes and no? Me? I he no he really said a scat back. Hmm. I looked it up because I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? And sure enough, that's the quote: a scat back. But you don't know what so it means. So I think. Well, I didn't want to go any further, but <laughs> it's to... turkey makes you think of. A brunette scat back. I assume it's a woman who shits herself a lot, but he's into <laughs> he's into scat play. Oh, I, I I totally missed that. All the times I saw this. And then she says, "What about a liverwurst sandwich?" He goes, "Dreams of liverwurst." But Tim, what? I have a list. I have one too. Uh oh. <laughs> I thought you only had one list this time. Well, I just had some extra sandwich dreams, but you go ahead with yours. <laughs> All right, so my list, this is a list of different sandwiches and what sort of women you will dream of when you eat these sandwiches. Yes. Wow. Uh, Yeah. I'm scared. So uh, first one, a ham sandwich and rye. Mm -hmm. You dream of Mama Cass. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's a rumor. Yeah, you dream of a double down, which the double down is the famous sandwich KFC offered where instead of bread, there was two fried pieces of chicken. Ooh. So you ate like a chicken sandwich and the bread was fried chicken. You uh, you just you dream of the grim specter of Lady Death because wow. if you can eat that, you're going to die of congested heart failure. True. Uh, yeah. Uh, a head cheese sandwich. Uh-oh. Let me guess. A head cheese you sandwich? Did... What are you going to dream about? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Just tons of girls assholes just piles what? of assholes what yeah because that's what head cheese is made of oh i thought it was made of cow's heads no no, no. that's what they tell you tim oh, jesus it's nothing but bark and spiders and leather cheerios and balloon nuts oh. if you know those are all slang for yeah it's dirty that's what that's... you know bing crosby he likes to eat a big old head cheese sandwich for bed he's like yeah i'm gonna look this up and my final one number four yeah if he eats a buttered ham sandwich, he dreams of himself being Crosby. Yes, being a serial killer. Being a serial killer named Dr. Cook. Another reference to another episode um, of Seti Bimco, Dr. Cook's Garden. Starring Ben Crosby in his last role as the weed killer. Yep. As a guy who kills people with buttered ham sandwiches. I didn't, Tim, what's your list? I didn't have a list. I just he, he I just had some sandwiches he left out because he said peanut butter right. and jelly. You dream mm-hmm. of Getting run over by a trolley and lose, it, well, mm, losing a leg. Mm, I thought you were supposed oh, to. Is geez, this another geez. joke McGilligutty paid for? Yes. Cheese and onion sandwich. You dream about uh, Mark Twain burning a hole in your rug. Oh. That's all. That's all I had. That's it? That's it. Glad you added this list to it. <laughs> it wasn't a list. It was just. But you were supposed to specifically dream of women, too. <laughs> I, I don't play by the rules. Come on. <laughs> I'm a maverick. When have I ever played by All the right. rules? This is true, Tim. So then the general, we the general's like feeling down about everything. And he tells tells Bing Crosby, I'm going back in the army, so don't worry about this big show. I wrote him a letter. I'm gonna get back in. And uh Bing's like, Well, I just he, got the mail. Here it is. Got your letter. And he's like, Well, read it to me, because I can't read very well anymore. And And uh, he starts to read the letter. Yeah. And the first thing he says is, Don't read that word. Yes. Tim, what was that word? Forward momentum, forward momentum halted. I have another list. Oh my god! Yeah, fucking list of what that word was. He told him to skip. I'm happy for lists. Yeah. Uh, right. The first one is Wee Willie Waverly. A little embarrassing, you know. Yeah. 
That's not so bad. His name is well. Yeah, it's not so bad. It gets worse because the second one is uh, is Mommy Dearest. Okay, it's kind of not bad. What's that? Yeah, it's a third one is where it gets a little confusing. Mind Fuhrer. (laughs) (laughs) That's troubling. What are you doing bringing up Hitler on here? (laughs) And I thought I was safe finally after all this time. (laughs) And the fourth one is uh, the Felchinator. The Felchinator. What what do I know that from? I'm sorry. Uh, I made it up. But you know what Felch is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that, yeah, that, yeah, kid, so, that kid from the Goonies. Uh, the, the, nope. No, that's that's the mouth. Mouth? The sloth? Felch. Oh, Felch is the guy from Happy Days. No, no. Do you really know what Felch means? Ralph Felch. Folks. Sorry. We're not exactly a, a G-rated or even a PG-13 rated podcast. When, but I feel like the definition of Felch might be a little bit too randy. Okay. Even for this podcast. So go to Urban Dictionary. Type in Felch oh God. and be prepared. If I'm going to step on your jokes. I just got to do it. I got to stomp on it. Do you know, do wait, do you really know what Felch means? I don't. Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, George, I do. Yeah. I do. T- guys, I don't think he knows. I think it's the means. reason right. that Fraser won't go to Cheers anymore. Who felched him at it's Cheers? Too many Felch. Too too much Felch going on at Cheers. Who much felt? Who felched him there? <laughs> Was it Sam? Cliff. Did Sam Felch? Cliff. Cliff, <gasps> Cliff sits outside and once it's closed in his electric wheelchair with a beer and people just put their coins in. He's like, ah, oh, whatever. I bet you, you know, I bet you that mustache would really tickle when he felched you too. Yes. Yeah. But right. uh, but they won't let him back in the army. Nope. It was a big problem for the the Pentagon. He was writing letters every week wanting to get back in the army. And they had because he's too old and he feels old and useless. Yeah, they had twenty men working on him, like writing him letters back to keep him out. It was called Project <laughs> Loud Pee Wee. Pro- Project Loud Pee Wee was like twenty men working twenty hours a day to write him letters back, saying no. You I thought it was Project Waving on Waverly. <laughs> Waving on Waverly. <laughs> go on, go on, Waverly. That's go, good. That's go good. be old. Yeah, thank That's you. That's too on point. Oh, is it on two on point? Anyway, he walks over to play ho- horseshoes. He's like, ah, guess I'll play horseshoes. He gets <laughs> bonked in the head. <laughs> there is a game of horseshoes the old <laughs> men are playing in the background. Because yes. we should mention, uh, it's not like the inn is totally empty. They made it sound like it's going to be totally empty. But I did appreciate the touch of realism. <laughs> he does have customers there, just not enough. Yeah. But these old men are throwing horseshoes, and he just fucking wanders into the middle <laughs> of the throat. He's like, oh, it's a nice throw. Like, I swear, one of them misses his head by inches. I know, it looked like it. Like that was like that was probably a mistake too that you saw. Like you, you know, there's a scene they cut out where the actor oh, yeah. playing Waverly gets killed. Maybe, probably. Yeah, they just made a rubber puppet of him for the rest of the scenes. <laughs> so, to get to the end of this plot, uh, well, no, just, there's some more money because of my... We got to get in there. Okay. Well, which, I don't remember what it was though. Which point? I was just going to get to the part where. Uh, oh, this is the part you put. Yeah, this part's important. Well, they they're they're doing music, and it seems like Bob and and. And Clooney are falling in love, and uh, but Bob makes a call to Ed Harris because he decides he's going to have all the men. Ed Harrison. Ed Harrison. He's going to have. Yep. He wants to go on the Ed Harrison show. Tell all the men uh-huh. to come to the the inn. Surprise uh, the general. All the men formerly under the general's command yes. of the 51st Infantry. Not all the men in the world, because that no, seems... all the men in the world. <laughs> That's crazy, but would actually work in this movie. He's too. like, ooh, what an idea. We just want men! What an idea. It'll be raining men. And uh, and then they sing the famous, it's raining men, hallelujah scene. Yes. The most famous scene from White Christmas. <laughs> so... So, and Ed Harrison, a.k.a. Ed Sullivan, he's like, great. And this is the part where Emma almost fucks everything up. Emma the housekeeper. Because she listens to half the message. 
Yeah. And, well, she misses a very important part because Rosemary Clooney walks down the stage. Yeah. She hears that sounds so good, but um, Ed Harrison, Ed Sullivan, is very excited. He's like, and the, we can broadcast this. It'll be like the equivalent of $100,000 worth of adver- free advertising. Yep. And Bob's like, and no, no. And then that's no. when Emma hangs up. Yeah, yeah. And then Bob, Bing Crosby's all like, no, 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 no. <laughs> b- 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 billions so of dollars? No, no. We're not going to do that. <laughs> I like I like that you're not emoting the Bing Crosby, so you're kind of b- doing b- a porky b- pig. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows what he sounds like. Bing Crosby or Porky Pig? The Bing Crosby. Yeah, Bing Crosby. Bing, Pro- Bing Crosby. Crosby. <laughs> they only know what Mark Twain sounds like, but Bing Crosby, he's a mystery. Nobody knows the Bing Crosbys I've seen. So, uh, uh, yeah. So Emma tells Mrs. Clooney, like, oh, it's terrible. He's doing this for money and he's going to embarrass the general with a sob story. And she's like crying. And Clooney's like, whew, ah. And she blows everything out of proportion. Um, and. Well, before we get into this important plot element, it's time for the final for this episode yes. installment of George's Current Currency Kerner. George's Current Currency Kerner. So the message on the phone, which uh, Harrison or no, let's just call him Ed Sullivan. Cause I never remember. The he's name, supposed to be Ed Sullivan. Tells Ben Crosby. He's dead. He's definitely Ed Sullivan. He tells him for $100,000 worth of free publicity, which $100,000 back in 1954, That's a lot. that translates to $1,103,335 today. Ooh. However, I don't know if this is a weird screw up in the movie or just something that they were trying to do as a character bit for Emma. When Emma tells this to Rosemary Clooney's character, the number has been inflated to $200,000. Oh, I didn't notice that. Publicity. Yeah. She inflates everything. So, yeah, because I think it's supposed to be that she just is an exaggerator. Yeah. So the two hundred thousand dollars in nineteen fifty four translates to two million two hundred six thousand six hundred sixty nine dollars and sixty nine cents for wow. good measure today. Sixty nine. Yep. Uh, and that, thanks, <laughs> that has been the final installment this episode final. of George's current currency kerner. <laughs> so. Uh... Mrs. Clooney gets all mad. She basically runs away. Like, I, I you know, they try. Oh, uh, Davis and Vera pretend to get engaged so that she's free well, to get engaged to Bing Crosby. Well, you're skipping some plot points. Rosemary Clooney's horrified that they're basically like, she's like, he's going to sell out the sheriff, the, the, the sheriff, the general's <laughs> dignity. And she's so grossed out by the idea. It's like, she's so her, her, she sucks. She just sucks. She like, could have asked. Is a red flag. She could have asked. She could have asked. Yeah. Instead, she's all antagonistic and stuff. And then they, the Danny Kay and Vera Ellen are seeing that something weird's going on. So Vera Ellen's like, you know, I think it's that she's always looked out for me as the big sister, and she can't let herself fall in love until she knows I'm taken care of. Like I'm engaged. And Danny Kay's like, Well, I'm gonna get engaged out here in the middle of Vermont. And she's all like, I don't know, maybe there's somebody here, somebody who's witty and amusing. And she uses gay again. I was like, hee. <laughs> and he's like, he and he's like, oh, but I can't do that. She goes, Don't you find me witty, amusing, and gay? He goes, Yeah, but I find my cocker spaniel amusing, yeah. witty, and gay too. Which I'm like, he's, oh no. So that great that raises the uncomfortable <laughs> image of Danny K yes. dog fucker. <laughs> Never heard about his dogs until now. Like who's taking care I'm, of your I dog? I was thinking, yeah, exactly. This guy's on the road all the time. 
there's like a sad there's a sad desiccated dog skeleton in some rundown <laughs> apartment somewhere yeah so so uh, they uh yeah they have a fake engagement they have a and she's clearly coming on to him and like up until this point it seemed like he was super into her but she's all like leaning close and she's touching his inner thigh and he's like blah, 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 blah. and she's like don't you want to kiss me he's like no i don't like to kiss girls it's very odd it is it's yep. it's the whole thing. That's it's a weird movie where they're like, ooh, girls. So there's like a dance number. All the there's a bunch of so people. Many there's a guy numbers. with a guitar just and a mustache just well, hogging the front of the well, camera. I do like Danny Kaye's dance number where he makes fun of modern dance. Did you at least watch that? Oh yeah, they, they oh, do it's choreography. Just like the minstrel show, yeah, no, no. choreography yes. and it's good. And he's he's dressed in purple and he's got a beret and he's got eye makeup on. And he looks. That was fun. I uh, fast forwarded some of it, but so she runs off to New York. She's like, "I can't do this. I gotta go." Well, they think she runs off because they announced his engagement to her sister. Mm-hmm. But she runs off because if her man is going to make any money off this, she can't stand that. Yep. Well, no. Here's what. I, no. Okay. So she writes a letter. Rosemary, including, writes a she letter does. saying she's leaving to New York, uh, and they think it's the fake engagement thing. And Bing Crosby turns on. Vera Ellen and Danny Kay. Oh yeah, he, he and like your fake engagement chased her off. You. And Danny Kay goes, "I guess we laid an egg." Yep. And he goes, "Brother, you <laughs> laid a Vermont volleyball," <laughs> which is the segue for George's final list. You keep saying final. You keep saying. I know. I like the word. <laughs> no, I did my final current current currency kerner. This is my final list. Okay. I'm sick this week. So. This list is, uh, yeah, I had to pick up the slack because yeah. I figured you just wouldn't. I, well, and also, I like Tim, I, I'm, I'm, I'm power mad. Text our McGillicuddy to write some Check jokes. McGillicuddy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that guy sucks, though. I, I enjoy halting all progress on the show using lists. Okay. <laughs> I think that you you have introduced a dangerous weapon into my arsenal. <laughs> I suspect it's only going to get worse from here on in. I think season three will just be lists. <laughs> That's what it's just going to be. Okay. So, Merry Christmas. This is, um, this. <laughs> This list is other regional things to lay. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Starts off as most of my lists do, pretty, pretty, pretty reasonably. Okay. You just brother, you just laid a Brooklyn basketball. Good one. Okay? I like that one. Yeah, it's alliterative, just like uh, you know the Vermont volleyball. <laughs> uh, it's slightly larger. You know, you can see how it's gone. Uh, you just laid a Minnesota. Muckmaker. Nice. That's a little weird. Don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. <laughs> seems upsetting. I know don't like is. the idea of laying muck. It seems odd, right? Mm-hmm. Brother, you just laid a Saskatoon silent but deadly. Nice. Oh, now we're beginning, we're beginning to transit. It's still regional, but we're transitioning out of things that could be ostensibly physical objects. Right. We're just talking other things that are laid now. Other things that smell like eggs, coincidentally. <clears throat> Tim, this is one for uh, this is one for the folks back home for you. Back home, brother, you just laid an Auburn anal prolapse. Oh, back home for John. Sorry. Back home for one. you, Tim. That's where you came from. <laughs> that one sounds painful. <laughs> yeah, that's getting worse. And the worst one. This is the worst one of all. Uh-oh. Brother, you just laid a Florida. Ooh. That's terrible. Yeah, you can't really add anything else to Florida. Florida, it, anything you add to Florida automatically dilutes the awfulness that is Florida. Wouldn't you just so say it's not as bad? You just floated a Florida. That's better. You're one of those Tim, turds that floats. You floated a Florida is better. It's got the alliteration. Tim, you did, thanks. You just improved my list. My final <laughs> list. 
Yeah. All right. Take us home. Take us, take home. us home, baby. Yeah. Well, Bing, Bing goes on the show. Oh, he sees Rosemary sing one more song. She was in a nice dress. Nice black dress. You like that black dress? She's saying, love, yeah. you didn't do right by me. Yeah, and she sees Bing Crosby in the audience, so she changes the number and sings it very pointedly at him. Yes. And, uh, oh. Because did we mention he chased her to New York? He chased her to New York. Well, he had to go get on Bob Harris's show, Ed Sullivan's show. Bob Bob Harris, former editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics? (laughs) Yeah, that guy. (laughs) Not Ed Sullivan. Sullivan Ed Sullivan. He had to be on the show to contact Mm -hmm. all the men in the world, so it could be rating men. They used to serve yep. with uh, General Waverly, and they got to keep General Waverly away from the TV because he loves that show. Wouldn't you know it? Yep. Wouldn't you know it? Most people are Wouldn't watching you know he... I Love Lucy, but he has to watch that show. You know, this was in an alternate universe where I Love Lucy didn't exist. So this is our wacky comedy relief where Danny Kaye pretends to like fall down the steps and keeps General Waverly away from the TV. He's like, you got to carry me out to my, my, my hut. I don't want to sit in front of the Ed Sullivan show. It hurts my leg. And, uh, yeah, it's a very delicate balancing act because because General Waverly is like, let's call a doctor. Like, no, don't call a doctor. But he goes to he's like, he's going to lay down. So I got no health it's, insurance. It's wacky hijinks. Yeah. <laughs> and um, he tells him a big story. He's like he tells General Waverly he believes Hitler is alive in South America and doesn't like to watch Ed Harris. He he, he likes to watch Ed Love Lucy. Not, not Ed, Can't they turn the Ed channel? Ed Harris now, <laughs> Oscar winning actor Ed Harris. <laughs> oh no, not again! I can't remember this name. <laughs> Ed, Just say Ed Sullivan. Ed Sullivan. <laughs> so that's that. And uh, Bing Crosby and Betty appears on the show. Betty watches the wait, show, wait. even though she hates him. Yeah, she watches the show, and he sings a song lamenting the lack of jobs for generals, which I thought was fucking hilarious. Yes. America has too many generals who don't have enough wars to have. I'm like, is this the message we want to put forth in our Christmas movie? And this is the time but when he, say, he gets the message out. And she sees it and she goes, oh, no, I was wrong. And she starts to cry. I was I could have just asked a question I could instead have asked of racing a question. <laughs> across the Northeast. So <laughs> he's like, hey, fr-. and he very conveniently is like, fellas, I know it's a big ask. And there's no money in it for you because we're doing this all for free to help him. No money. So he makes it very clear. Whatsoever. But Christmas Eve, come on down for your, own your way. old general. Yep, pay your own way. Leave your I family. I'm going to help you. <laughs> yep. Screw your family. Poison them slightly. They'll they'll recover. Just use a little bit. No Lionel trains for those kids this year. Uh, <laughs> Lionel trains, the train makers, just the, the toy train makers. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we just need to. No, yeah. no Lionel trains. Know, no Lionel trains. Take your kids' Christmas presents, stamp on them, <laughs> throw them in the fireplace, tell them Santa dropped it down the wrong thing by accident. So, uh, yeah. So the general, uh, they trick him into wearing his uniform, and when he comes downstairs, somehow, somehow, all those men showed up. He never noticed. I where, where I they parked the, the general, cars. That's what I. Well, they do show them picking them up in a truck at the train station. That's right. Oh. Still, though, you got to answer for everything. There's got to be like, there's got to be like a hundred men there. It's like, what? How do you not notice it? So it's actually a very cute scene because I actually really, I want, I will say, I thought the actor who played the general, I really like that guy. Yeah. And he comes down and he's like, turn hut, and he looks at him and he's like tearing, but he comes down, he does the inspection. He cries. Every time a general cries, George, an angel gets its wings clipped off. (laughs) And every time a general cries later, these men just shoot him in the back of the head because they're like, you're not a real man because it's the 50s. (laughs) They murder him. And that's how the movie ends. Yes, it is. That's it. (laughs) But he does does a cute thing. He walks up the line. He's like, look at you. You're a disgrace. There's a scene where like a big guy was trying to get his belly in his uniform. Yeah, it doesn't fit anymore. He's like, it doesn't cool. I don't understand. (laughs) Um, 
Then uh He's like I oughta. What? So then he, he shakes Bane Crosby and Danny Kaye's hand. Yep. And he's sitting there and they they do more musical numbers. They and they is that when they finally sing Dreaming of a White Christmas? I don't know, but they do uh they do stop making sense. They put big big giant bodysuits on. Did you notice that? Oh yeah. Yeah, there's like, a point when I wonder if young David Byrne was watching this. They they have these big big bodies of uh and their little heads are are, you know, how do I explain it? They have big bodies on a stage. So and what, little... Bing Cro- the, the four leads are dancing on stage yeah. and suddenly these like large bodies. They're not just giant suits like Dave Byrne. Like no. they actually have hands and stuff. And it's it's the song about like lamenting like how there's no work for generals, I guess. Or in... No, I think it's about them going back to normal life. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like a housewife. It's about them going back to, yeah, you're a right. Butcher, and, like, a candlestick someone's, like, maker. A butcher, and one's a panty Serial sniffer. Serial killer. Panty sniffer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You go, give me your truffles, give me your truffles. And uh <laughs> And that's and that's basically and then it snows asbestos, as I sent you a little uh <laughs> Yeah, so it snows. There's a bit we see the, the general's sitting there at the table and his assist, like his second in command comes up and gives him a message, and it's very much like, What's happening? Are they under attack? <laughs> and he goes aside and it's snowing. And I still don't know, honestly, within the context of the movie, is it a miraculous real snow, or did somehow they engineer snow like by because as tim point tim sent me an article this is very upsetting yes. the snow used on the soundstage was actually particulate asbestos yep. Yep. that's what they did so everybody in this movie must have died there's children dancing on this stage Ooh, yeah. oh yeah it's did you notice yep. judy brought being a christmas present after they did their act on stage and he opens it up it's yep. a knight in armor and he's like thanks and then he tosses it just tosses it into it. the tree. You know, it fell and broke into a couple pieces. <laughs> yeah, there was a running line, which we didn't mention that, like, she, she says, he was like, knight. oh, you're, a... he's like, your white knight's going to get off his horse someday. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, she gives him a white knight and he's like, oh, baby, we're going to date, ter- we're going to date for like two months and break up terribly. Yes. It's going to be great. I already mentioned my last note was that this movie was so un- unbearably wholesome that the fact that you love this may be uncomfortable. But now we've talked it out. I feel a little bit safer around you. Okay, revenge. Wherever you are, wherever you're hiding, I'll find you. Revenge. One of us will die. One of us will, I will die. Not stay- I will not let Cindy take my place. I will have my revenge. Most likely to dance with the devil in the pale moonlight. Which character? My voice is dying. Um, okay, I didn't think about this at all. I didn't think about Neither this. Neither did all. I. Oh, Emma. Yeah. Emma. She was evil. Oh, Emma was the. Uh, <clears throat> pardon me, everybody. Emma was the housekeeper. Yeah. Do you think her? Or maybe. Uh... Well, I like the idea of Emma because she is a force of evil. I like to think that she probably. We don't see much of her inner life. We know she runs the um, – she's the housekeeper at the Columbia Inn owned by General Waverly. But what does she do in her spare time? She dances. Turns out she goes, to, she goes to nearby Gotham City and shoots wealthy couples in darkened, darkened alleys That's, near movie theaters. Suddenly she's the Joker? What? Well, eventually, <laughs> Tim. She's got to fall in a vat of chemicals first. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> I just thought she went out back and danced in the moonlight. Oh, you think she literally danced in the That's why there was no snow. Remember, it was like, why is there no snow? She was a witch. Oh my God! Do you think she used her witchy powers to make asbestos rain down? Yeah, it was the nice 1950s, oh, and a woman who was single was a witch. This movie was full of single people. It was. 
Not one yeah. married couple I can think of. All the Hain, the Hain sisters, Wallace and Gromit, whatever the fuck their names were. <laughs> uh, the general had a granddaughter, but yeah. no children or wife. Nope. nope. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Well, All right. that, that both of our ideas landed with a thud. Yep, that was great. We, Best episode ever. We, All right, do you want to do uh, Revenge first or shall I? Do you need to rest up your voice or should I go? I'll just get through it. All right, let's do it. Tim! I'm not going to announce it, but it's going to be my rule. No more than 600 words. You literally just announced it, Tim. I'm going to cut that out. Going to do my story. So Emma Ellen also, she's the person in my story. The innkeeper who eavesdrops on everyone and reads everybody's mail. Well, once Bob... And Betty fi- uh, find out her meddling almost ruined their love affair, and it almost ruined the planned show to help out the general. And you know, the general found out. The general was uh, enraged, and he tells her uh-huh. that she is never to gossip about anything she sees or hears again. Uh-huh. At first, he told her not to eavesdrop or read letters, but he noticed that if she couldn't eavesdrop or read letters, she would bleed from the eyes, and dead sheep would appear on the grounds. <laughs> oh, because she's a yes. witch. Nice. All right. Wow. I like that this is in continuity with the Dance of the Devil bit. So you can snoop, the general said, but never gossip again, or I'll make sure you never work as an innkeeper here or any place in the world. Ooh. Thus, Emma went back to work, and as she was allowed to do, she would snoop and read letters and listen to phone calls. In fact, in 1959, pilot Roger Peterson stays at the inn before he travels to Iowa to fly a Beechcraft Bonanza in order to transport Buddy Holly. Richie Balance and the Big Bopper. <laughs> Roger was on the phone talking about how he felt the Beechcraft was unsafe, but the other man on the line told him to shut up and do his job. And Emma said nothing. <laughs> then, in 1962, an odd man stayed at the inn who called himself Charlie Book Depository. But when Emma listened, oh, no. listened to his call, the other man on the line called him Lee Harvey Oswald. They talked about Kennedy going to Dallas and Operation Codename Upside Down Easter that would happen on November 22nd. Emma said... Not Operation Codename Explodo Head. Nope. That's two, nope. two on the head. Two on the dots. <laughs> two on the money. Emma Emma says nothing. And in 1967, Lynette Alice stayed at the inn and she was on a call to a man who called her by her codename Squeaky Fromm. He wanted her to get back to California <laughs> so they could start their race war by killing people. And Emma said nothing. This is like a greatest hits of shit you bring up way too often on this show. And in 1977, Elvis stayed at the inn. And he talked on the phone about faking his death suit. The other voice on the line said, Operation Ballroom Karate is a go. And Emma said nothing. Then she hears the general, you know, get calls from his doctor telling him to not smoke anymore or he's going to die. But she also hears the general fall asleep while the doctor talks. And she also opens up the letters that tell the general he needs to pay his mortgage or they're going to repossess the inn. But Emma, but Emma notices his eyes are so bad he doesn't read his letters anymore. So she says nothing. She's being super passive-aggressive. This is the most passive-aggressive. She makes Rosemary Clooney's character seem not passive-aggressive. Yep. She marries a man named, named Patrick Rose and waits, uh-huh. waits till the, the, you know, the general dies and loses his inn. Um, and she has, unknown to him, fixed his will so that he gets every, she gets everything. She gets the inn, uh, you know, because he was old and feeble-minded. 
yeah, yeah. Thus, General Waverly dies from smoking too much, and Emma and her husband now own the inn. But, uh, you know, she got sweet revenge on him for not letting her gossip anymore. What was the name Rose? Oh, that was that a Shit's Creek reference? No. Oh. I got one, one, one. Sorry, one more thing. Emma yeah. got her revenge on him for having to keep all that sweet gossip to herself. She took over ownership and had to hire a new innkeeper to man the uh-huh. desk because she was busy running the place. And one week, yeah. Emma's husband was traveling to deal with legal issues about them taking all General Waverly's money. And she was talking to him on the phone about what they had done and how they had let the general die. And she hangs up and sees in the back room the new innkeeper was listening on the phone, just like <gasps> she used to do. So karma bit her in the ass. That movie was called was, Look Who's Talking. Ah, <laughs> a, was the new innkeeper <laughs> Jack Torrance, a.k.a. Jack Nicholson <laughs> from The Shining? Yeah. And she's like, you've always been here. She said, you've always, you've always been here. I got to say, Tim, I can't believe you skipped over 1970. I thought for sure she'd have picked up the phone and there had been somebody talking to Yoko Ono saying, <laughs> so we're going to split up the Beatles, right? Because yes. just hitting your, your benchmarks, you, you're slipping. I can see you're really sick. That's me keeping it to 600 words. That's a good editor. Way to go, Tim. That's a- good job. Tight. Tight like a Mississippi muckmaker. Glad I started the music. Now we got to start your music. Yep. Oh, oh. Oh, yeah. Start my music. Okay, right here. All right. Revenge sequel to White Christmas. So the movie starts off, we, you know, on the European front of World War II, we see them come under attack from German forces, and then we inexplicably shift to 10 years later. It's kind of a weird beginning to the movie, Mm -hmm. but there's a reason I mention it. We meet our female leads when they're fleeing the dreaded state of Florida for an inflated rug uh, burning price, and uh, the sheriff is in hot pursuit. The yes, sheriff, really. who I mentioned, yeah, yeah. German. He, he follows them. We don't know. He's German. He follows them up to Vermont, and he kind of blends in with this the local Vermont people. He's playing horseshoes in a couple scenes, oh. and he's seeing what's happening around him, and he sees these guys. They're trying to help their old general, and he recognizes this general. He's like, that's, that's General Wee Willie Winkle Waverly. <laughs> I remember him. He killed my commanding officer in WW2. He lays in wait. And then he's watching his favorite show, the Ed Harris show, you know, where famed actor Ed Harris <laughs> and then Bob Harris show and all the other variations. He watches the Ed Sullivan show. And he sees Bing Crosby call all those different soldiers. And soon enough, the Dread 51st Assembly, it's there. Mm-hmm. The whole group. And so... Tim, this revenge sequel kind of takes place concurrently. Ooh. There is the scene in the movie where you'll see General Waverly. He's watching. He's all dressed up in his his dress greens. He's watching with such pride as his men, who he led to combat victory over the hated Germans. They're putting on the show for them. He's crying like a baby. The men don't know how to deal with this. They're like, we got we to gotta kill him later. This yes. is awful. <laughs> our, our, our fragile images of manhood are crumbling. And his, his second in command goes, Sir, there's something you need to see. Uh-oh. They step outside, and what appears to be snow, it's not snow. It's not, a, it's not even asbestos. Skin? No, Tim. That's too dark. Bones? It's, adhes- it's adhesive X. Uh, he's, oh, I know adhesive X. You know adhesive X because it turns out that that sheriff, 
He's really Baron oh Zemo. Wow, you're going there? Yeah, German <laughs> supervillain, arch enemy of Captain America, slayer of him before he was re- revealed to be alive, slayer of Bucky. Wow. He's dropping adhesive X all over the ground. Adhesive Hex is a it's a it's a it's it's this adhesive. Yeah. That is unbreakable. Like the name says. It glued his it glued his father, his commanding officer. It glued his mask to his face. It was not able to be removed. He hated Captain America for that. This is all blanketing the ground. And after the movie ends, they're all like, hey guys, let's go, let's go play in the snow. No. The entire 51st Infantry and various hangers on, including several small children. <laughs> and in fact, the entire town of Mud Bear oh, Pine Tree with uh Vermont. Uh-huh are all affixed in place forever by adhesive x not forever tim because it turns out they slowly starve to death over the next few weeks and baron zemo walks through on his gravity sneakers which makes him float three inches above the ground eating sausages and having german potato salad and strudels in front of them as they slowly starve to death wasn't killing bucky enough (laughs) no no it was not that was that that fucked up captain america but for General Waverly, he made him watch as his entire men starved to death. Wow. And just as Captain Waverly was about to, <laughs> was about to die, he took pity on him and gave him a little bit of a sausage to eat. And as the vigor returned to General Waverly, he said, Surprise, Schwein! You just ate your granddaughter! Oh, and then the movie ends. You said skin. Merry Christmas! I said skin. You're like, that's too dark. Well, come on. <laughs> Merry <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Sorry. Merry Christmas, Christmas episode. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I outdid myself. <laughs> Feeling pretty good Was about that myself. Is that six hundred words? Time. Probably. I, I just write down notes. I wrote down uh, uh, revenge. German sheriff is supervillain. Okay, that's my notes. Yep. Well. Like us and love us. We're on everything. We're on Pod Chaser, Good Pods, and you can follow us on Instagram, SETI underscore BIMCO. I'm just doing this now. We can still talk about yeah, things. Yeah. You can send us a letter at SETI BIMCO with an E at gmail.com, and I will check the mail. I can't read. Do we have any mail? I can't today? read any mail if we have it. Nope. Nope, no mail. So Please do not write us well, letters. Nobody loves us. <laughs> No, write us like write us really long letters that have the name Harris in it, so Tim will trip over the words the whole time. <laughs> he was on Cheers, right? He was the bartender. Uh, yeah, Her- of course. Harris. Yeah, Ed Harris. Yeah, uh, the, he was the original Harrelson. one. Then they, they realized they went to rewrite Harrelson. it. Oh, Woody Harrelson. Oh my God, Tim. <laughs> the Ed Harrelson show. Smokes a lot of pot. <laughs> the, the George Harrison show. But you're gonna pick All a right. movie for the, the closer to Christmas. Yep. As we move in further into the holiday season, uh, we are going to be watching the Christmas masterpiece, Ernest Saves Christmas. And it's on Disney? On Disney Plus, Ernest if you have Ernest Saves Christmas. Wow. Yep. What year does that I've come I've never out? seen it. Uh, 1910. Because <laughs> he, like, sadly, he died. Like, I forget when. He died, yeah. Uh, 1988. He died in 1988? No, that's when this oh, movie oh, came oh. out. He died in the 90s sometime. Uh, let's see. When did Jim Varney die? Uh, oh, that's 2000. So this is pretty close to when he died. No, it's 88. Not. It's, 12 years away. <laughs> it's not that close. In today's years, it's it was... about uh, 12 or 13 years. I've never seen this movie. It might actually be good. Mm. 
But you know what? It might not be. I don't remember if I've seen a Vern movie, so uh, maybe I saw part of one. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I have either. I think I maybe saw the first one, whatever that is. Okay. Ernest Scared Stupid, is that it? I don't know. <laughs> Ernest Scared Shitless. Yeah, uh, happy holidays, everybody, because I'm not a Christian centrist like Tim is, uh. being disrespectful to our non-Christian <sighs> listeners. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm sick. <laughs> sick. I gotta go. All right. All right. Bye, Great everybody. Show. Good, goodbye. And see you next week. Best episode ever. SETI BIMCO. This has been a Petty Party Line production. Party line. It's a party line. George's Courage Currency Curtain.